favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Boogie Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fertikowski. Each week, I'll bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have Amish fiction author Tracy J. Lyons, who will introduce us to her latest release, A Love for Lizzie. Hello, Tracy. How are you today? Hi, the other Tracy. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to I'm happy to have you. So, you know, uh, many don't know. We just came back from a writer's retreat and there were two Tracys there. One was, you know, Tracy with the Y and Tracy with the E. So we had a lot of fun with that. Um, well, we went to Destin, Florida, which um, was beautiful. Wasn't it beautiful there? Oh, I wish I were back there, although it was a little hot. <laughs> Well, you're from upper New York, New York, um, up, yeah. yeah, upstate New York, and I'm from South Carolina, so I'm pretty used to the hot weather, and um, we are just getting into that hot, sticky weather. I think it's 87 today, so um, it's pretty warm out already, but um, the humidity hasn't started, so we're good. How, I, you know, I grew up in northwestern Pennsylvania, so I'm used to that area. How warm does it nor normally get in upstate New York where you're at? Well, I think last year we hit 100. Our Ooh. temperatures are really extreme. I mean, we could go like, you know, 10 below zero and then up over 100, which is very rare. I shouldn't say that's common. Although this weekend it's going to be 91. And last week it was really hot. It was all like 80s, 85 every day with really high humidity. Oh, so I wow. don't know what that means for summer. <laughs> we'll see. I'm not really sure. This is really early for that type of yeah, heat. That's how well, we that do it. Works. Well, that works too. That works too. So we are going to talk about a love for Lizzie today. But before we do that, I really like to take our listeners in for a peek behind the scenes at some of their favorite authors writing career. And you have been writing for a good bit of time now. So I'm anxious to hear um, your answers to some of the questions I have for you. So are you ready for me to dig in? I am. All right. First question. What is the most difficult part of your artistic process? You know, lately it's been sitting down at my desk and writing. I, you know, I've kind of been on a bit of a hiatus. Um, so I'm just getting back into the groove. But I think the most difficult thing is, is just remember to do it every day. You know, my main writing time is 8 to 12. That's I find I'm most creative in the morning when I first get up. So I'm really trying to get back into um, utilizing that time. And that's kind of the way my brain functions, you know? So it's, it's very interesting. So while we were on our writing retreat, we had Allie Pleiter there with us and she taught us all about her chunky method for writing. And I learned so much about my own writing style through what she told us there, what, what she shared with us there. So did you learn anything from her that you could apply to your writing? I like that program, Allie's. I have the chunky method and I, I think her idea is good about dividing up, you know, the chunks of writing time. So you know how many words you need to get in in a day. But I also like to see you know, like outlines and synopsis and keep track of that as well. So I'm now doing like a little plotting board with all that information on it. So I kind of use both methods because you do have to know what your word count is. Obviously. Yeah, you certainly, you certainly yeah, do. So and, I think yeah. that that's a very successful method that she has. It's very basic. 
you know, so it's easy to put into your own writing habits. It is. And, you know, if there's any listeners out there that are writing or, or have aspiration to be a writer, you need to go check out the Chunky Method, you know, learning that firsthand. I wish I had known that years ago before I started writing. I think it really would have helped. Try to think when I first, Allie was first talking about it. I think it was probably like 10 years ago, maybe we were at a conference in Chicago and um, we were chit chatting about it. At that time, she was just working on it. But oh, she did a, she's done a wonderful job about it. So again, it's called the Chunky Method and it's Allie Pleiter. You, you'll have to go look her up and we'll have to share that we plugged her here, Tracy. She'll <laughs> love that. Yes. She'll love that. <laughs> So I have to ask you, how supportive is your family to your writing career? My family is really supportive. Um, from the very beginning, you know, I've been doing this since, <laughs> I always say 20 years, but really since my oldest son was born. So I've been writing for 36, no, 39 years. It's going to be 39. Yikes. Oh, wow. Um, time flies. Yeah. So I, I started way back in the 80s and kind of plugged along and didn't actually sell my first book until 1999. Um, but my husband's always been very supportive of me. The kids kind of grew up with it. So to them, they just always have had a mother and this is what she's done. She's written romance or Amish or whatever I've been working on. So there's, they're kind of used to having that, but I, you know, my aunts and uncles have the ones that have really surprised me because the ones that are still here still read my books, which is so flattering. <laughs> So my next question is, if you had to do something differently as a child or a teenager to become a better writer as an adult, what would that have been? You know, I saw that question. It's an interesting question because I'm not sure I would have done anything differently because as one of my aunts said to me, you were constantly making things up as a kid. You were always living in the land of make-believe. And, and it's true. I was always creating these little scenes in my head and, um, you know, I, my degrees in theater arts. So I, I've always, always had this creative vein running through me. So that I, is, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure I would have changed anything. Well, that is wonderful. You know, I always wanted to be a teacher when I grew up and then I figured out that I didn't like the noise of children. <laughs> so that, so that didn't work, but you know, as I have gotten older, I have a knack for teaching people what I know. So I guess the teaching bug still is always with me because I love to share knowledge. So, you know, it works, it works. So I have to ask you, Tracy, how long does it take you to write a book? In a good year, <laughs> I say that because, you know, I always try to plan out the year, what I'm going to be doing, what are the goals? Um, a shorter book I can do in three months, the longer ones take me closer to six. So, and, and even with, with what I'm working on right now, I still kind of like to have that four to five month range, mainly because you never know what life is going to throw at you in the middle of, you know, creating a book. Exactly. You don't know who's going to get sick. You don't, you're not going to know what right. breaks down, you know, you, you right. never know. Right. So you always have to give yourself some leeway. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm not one of those writers who can just sit and pour out like 5,000 words at a time. I really have to think about the scenes. So I have to allow time for that in my day. You know, some days are better than others, but I really kind of know what I'm going to be doing when I sit down and I kind of like it to come out on the page perfectly. So, oh, and <laughs> you know, Allie, Allie taught us that, you know, she showed us that how important it is to add those 
right. crazy the, the days. That you, yeah, yeah, the blocks of time and how to add those things into your schedule. That was such an eye opener for me. And we really will have to tell Allie we're plugging her program here. So that is good. So Tracy, let's go ahead and talk about a love for Lizzie. How about you tell me a little bit about it and when it is expected to launch? Oh my gosh, this was, you know, by far one of my favorite books to write. It was also the hardest and most challenging book to write. But um, it's, it's a love for Lizzie. It's an Amish book, obviously. And it's uh, set in uh, southern tier of New York State. So it's kind of out in Chautauqua County near the Big Lake Chautauqua and all that. And it's about this young woman who um, had, is coming out of a tragedy from her childhood and a gentleman who's coming out of um, lost love and and he was a childhood friend too and so he's kind of carrying the secret from their past and um, she has a scar on the side of her face so she's always kind of felt that um, it was holding her back in life so it's sort of like a book about overcoming our fear overcoming um, something in our life that that we thought would be impossible to get around. And we all have those, don't we? Yes, we do. We do, we do, we do. And when will it launch? It's going to be out in June as part of her Amish legacy. So it's in a Harlequin Love Inspired two for one. So there'll be another book with it, but that's not my book. Um, a Love for Lissy is part of her Amish legacy. These books are, are going to be out wherever you would find a love inspired book. So they will be at Walmart mainly, and then Barnes and Noble will carry them and you can get them on your favorite online retailer. So before I ask you some specific questions about a love for Lizzie, I'm going to go ahead and read your little bit of a back matter just to set the scene. So this is Tracy J. Lyons, A Love for Lizzie. Childhood friends joined by a painful past. Can love blossom between them? After her father falls ill, Lizzie Miller and her family desperately need help to keep the farm going during harvest time. Neighbor Paul Burkholder is eager to lend a hand and to court Lizzie. But Paul has a secret that he fears could push Lizzie away. Can they finally heal from a tragedy in their past and open their hearts to each other. A perfect intro to a love-inspired romance. So this is really awesome. So tell us, Tracy, if you could describe your character, Lizzie, in three words, what would those three words be? Fierce. I'm thinking, I've been thinking about, you can cut that part out, but I've been thinking about this. Okay. Um, she's fierce and she's faithful to her community. Sometimes it's difficult to come up with three words, but fierce and faithful to her community are two very strong words, and we can leave it at two, so, so that's Let, fine. Let's do that. Okay. Yes. And you already mentioned that this book is set in New York. Did you go to that area to research anything for this book? I did. Um, all of my books in New York State set. I'm kind of lucky that my publishers have let me do that. Um, I did. I went out to Clymer, New York, and we stayed in a cute little hotel. And then we kind of, my, my husband always goes with me and we drove around and I took a lot of photographs. And as a matter of fact, um, the cover on this book has uh, some of the images that I had taken. And I 
try to like go around the community. I drove around where the Amish people were. I took a lot of photographs of their farms. Um, I, I, that actually is my favorite part of, of being able to um, write novels that are kind of set where I'm from. Because I get to go out and explore a little bit more, which is always fun. And I love I that too. Quite, yeah. And one quick thing, I had gone into a library and I was talking to the librarian when I walked in the door there was like a whole room filled with um, Christian fiction. And I was really surprised. And I said to the librarian, I said, oh, you have a large readership here. And I explained that I was writing and working on researching my next book. And, and she's told me that the Amish women come into the library and they are the ones who are reading all of that Christian fiction. And I thought that was like the coolest thing. Oh, that is really cool. It is. It is. And you know, that's what they, they read. My friend, I have an Amish friend in Wisconsin and she often gives me books to read or, you know, or suggest books that I would never find. And I just read, and you'll have to write this down. It's called Not My Will. And it's by Francina H. Arnold. And it's one of the best books I've read in a really long time. And it's a Christian fiction book, but I would have never picked this up. I would have never looked for it, but she found it in one of their little stores in, in uh, Wisconsin. And she suggested it to me. And again, it's called Not My Will by Francina H. Arnold. And it is, again, one of the best Christian fiction books I've read in a long time. I cried, like bawled like a baby when I read it. And my husband just kept laughing at me. But sometimes you find those books that you would have never thought you would have enjoyed and, and they're perfect. So I'm assuming the Amish right. women in that area, you know, that's what they levitate, levitate to as well. And that's yes, really and cool. it was it was fun because I got to see a lot of my friends' names on, on the bookshelf. So oh, that's perfect. Cool. That's yeah. perfect. So when you sent this manuscript off to your editor, was there anything they made you take out? So the first version of the book um, was not really what they wanted. So I had to rewrite the entire book and come up oh. with kind of a new, a new plot line. Well, because the publisher that I work with, you know, they're very it's very honed in on goal motivation and conflict. It's because we're writing smaller, you know, 55,000 words is, is not a lengthy novel mm -hmm. and you have to fit a lot into that. And most of it is just the hero and heroine are basically what you're writing about with just a few outside characters. But the book that um, my agent worked with me on the brainstorming and, and the love for Lizzie by far came out much better the second time around. Oh, that, that even makes it, worthwhile that you had to scratch it and start over so what do you hope your readers take away from this story I you know I don't want to say that that love triumphs all but in this case it kind of did I mean you know the hero Paul would love Lizzie no matter what and it took her a long time to figure that out you know because she because of the scar on her face and and the way she lived her life up into that point you know with kind of being with her family and not really circulating out too far you know she didn't think that she was worthy of that and um Paul kind of shows her that that's not true so it, you know that's the, that's kind of the crux of what drove Lizzie you know drives her in the story oh that's perfect so our listeners absolutely enjoy when our authors read from the particular book that we're talking about. So do you have either a pivotal scene or maybe your first page that you could read to us? Yeah, let's, we can do the first page. 
All right, hey, the floor is yours. <laughs> Thank you. Chapter one, Miller's Crossing, Chautauqua County, New York. Good morning, Lizzie. Her longtime neighbor and friend, Paul Burkholder, greeted Lizzie, Elizabeth Miller, or Lizzie as everyone called her, from the other side of the screen door on the front porch. A tall man with mahogany brown hair and dark brown eyes, his head barely cleared the top of the door. He was holding his flat brim straw hat in one hand and a bag in the other. He wore a blue work shirt and black pants with thin leather suspenders, the ends buttoning inside the waist of his pants, the typical everyday clothing of a Miller Crossings Amish man. His face was clean shaven, void of the full beard that marked the married men. She always thought him to be handsome. At 23, he remained single, while most of his friends were getting married, though she'd heard rumors at the last frolic that he wanted to change all of that. Paul might look like many of the other men in their church district, but Lizzie knew this man had a big heart, maybe sometimes too big of a heart. He stuck by her through thick and thin. Even all the time she pushed him away, Lizzie knew over the past week she'd been pushing at him extra hard. This time of year was always a difficult one for her and her family. Her gaze slid to, to, to the hook on the wall next to the door, the place where her brooder's black hat still hung. She swung her attention back to the man standing on the porch, Concentrating on the present kept Lizzie from thinking about that long ago day, a day she tried hard to forget. Yes, some of her memories from that day remained foggy, stuck somewhere deep in her mind, like a splinter that she couldn't get out. Still, the end result could never be changed. No matter what she remembered, her brother David would still be gone, and she would have this mark seared on her face. And Tracy, thank you so much for reading that. And I hope our listeners are excited about reading the story as I am. So you have to tell us. What's next for Tracy? Well, right now I'm working on what I hope to be book three in this um, Amish series. And again, it'll be set up in the same area in Clymer, New York. Um, in, it's a fictional town, by the way, Miller's Crossing. And um, I'm excited about um, Amish with an Englisher kind of a romance going on. How many, I've got to ask you, how many stories are rolling around in your head at once? Wow. Right now I've got um, a good solid two. The other one I'm, I'm thinking about is not Amish. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because to me, I come from a historical romance background. So writing Amish is kind of like the telling of history in a way, you know, a different, a different kind of community, a different culture certainly is so it certainly it's, it's been fun now no oh, it is well is there anything you'd like to personally say to your readers oh my gosh I am so happy for all of you um really as Tracy knows without our readers you know life would be totally different so we appreciate each and every one of you and I hope you enjoy my books and I hope you you tune into Miller's Crossing to see what's going on over there in my fiction land you know, I have to tell you, it sounds like, you know, you created a whole universe in in your fictitious town. And I did the same in Willow Springs. And often I have people say, well, can I go visit that area? Where Where is Willow Springs? You know, is it on the map? How far is it from, you know, Pittsburgh or whatever? And it's like, you, you can't visit it because it's in my head, but you can visit it through my books. In the, inside the pages, inside the cover. I have to tell you, when you said that, that it's so interesting to me because, all of my books, I, I set in an area that people are familiar with. Like, I will name, like, the surrounding area. Like, you know, I mentioned Climber, 
in, in the book, and climber is a very real area in New York State, but Miller's Crossing is fictional, and all of my towns and my books are fictional because I don't want anybody coming back to me and saying, well, that didn't happen in my town, or I grew up in that town, and I don't remember seeing anything like that. Exactly, exactly. That's why my towns are fictional, but I'll say, you know, uh, the, uh, you know an hour to Pittsburgh, or, you know, they travel right. to Lake Erie, or, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I do call my town or my town is in Lawrence County and Lawrence County really is in Northwestern Pennsylvania, but Willow Springs is um, very fictitious. Um, Now climber New York and Lake Chautauqua and where you're from or where your, where your setting is, those are some of my old stomping grounds. So I would very much be familiar with um, the the surroundings that you write about. So I love to read that. It's beautiful. It's beautiful up there. It is. It is. It is. My husband was a big bass fisherman. So he was Ah. on Lake Chautauqua all the time. Yes. And the Amish like to go fishing there too. They do. They certainly do. All right. So here comes my fun little silly speed round where I'm going to ask you three questions that pertain to nothing about writing or books. They're just crazy questions that I'm going to rattle off and you just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. All right. First thing, would you rather live in an igloo or a straw hut? Straw hut. (laughs) And, you know, actually when I thought that, when I put that, when I wrote that question down, I thought you were going to say igloo because when we went to Florida, you really didn't like the heat. But I don't like the cold either. Okay. How about a straw hut? In, how about a straw hut in Hawaii where there's always a, an ocean breeze? There you breeze? go. There you go. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Second question: Texting or talking? Oh, talking. <laughs> talking. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my kids text me, and you know what? Halfway through a text conversation, I'll just call them. I'm like, it's much quicker if we speak to each other. <laughs> And you know, they're younger, so they would rather text than talk. Yes, they will <laughs> they sit would. at the dinner table and text each other. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's crazy. All right, my last silly question. Can you remember the last song you listened to? That's sad, because I like to sing. Well, no, how about the I last song remember. that you, you can't think of the last song you sang? The last song I sung Thanks. was, do you remember when we were kids and our mothers used to sing that little, I see the moon, the moon sees me? Uh, yes. Do you know that song? <laughs> I do. I do. Yes, I was singing that the other night. <laughs> Don't ask uh, me why. Oh, I know why. I can tell you why, because we were talking about the lunar eclipse. And oh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> that was perfect. Thank you. Thank you. See, that just makes our readers giggle at our stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it does. It does. I could have sung the whole song for you, but no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for spending time with us this week on the Buggy Talk. And I certainly hope I can have you back again. Is that a date? Yes, that is it a day. Is. All right. And for all of you listeners, if you'd like to pick up a copy of A Love for Lizzie, look for the link in the show notes of this episode. You can find on my website by typing in buggytalkpodcast.com. There you will find a complete list of all of your, fam- your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape. To end this episode, if you want more information on my latest release, which is Rebecca 
Rebecca's Amish Heart Restored or any of the stories I weave around my fictitious town of Willow Springs, I invite you to visit tracysamishbooks.com. That's Tracy with a Y at tracysamishbooks.com.